Russia-Ukraine war Putin remained silent on crash of plane linked to mercenary leader. Paulson Eric Schmidt Valeria Safranova Lindsay Schuttle Valerie Hopkins Alistair Pike Aaron Mendel Constant Mihut Aaron Mendel Aaron Mendel Jesus Jimenez Jack Nikas Jack Nikas Paulson Lawrence Ten Cassandra Vinograd Stephen Lee Myers Anton Troyanovsky Yannette Joseph Anton Troyanovsky Cassandra Vinograd Cassandra Vinograd Erica L. Green Anton Troyanovsky Video player loading, https colon slash slash static 01.nyt.com slash images slash 2023 slash 08 slash 23 slash 23 vid dash ukr dash plane dash 32961 dash cover slash 23 vid dash ukr dash plane dash 32961 dash cover dash superjumbo.jpg. President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia remained silent on Thursday on the crash of a private plane that included the mercenary leader Yevgeny V. Prigazin on the passenger manifest, giving an address that made no mention of the aircraft. A day after the jet crashed in a field between Moscow and St. Petersburg, the Russian leader and top Kremlin officials have made no mention of the fate of Mr. Prigazin, the founder of the Wagner private military group who staged a brief mutiny against Russia's military leadership in June in one of the most dramatic challenges to Mr. Putin's rule in decades. Russian state news media have instead heaped attention on the BRICS summit in Johannesburg, where Mr. Putin gave a brief speech via video link welcoming new members of the group of emerging economies but offered no comment on the events in Russia. A passenger manifest released by the Russian Civil Aviation Authorities on Wednesday showed Mr. Prigazin's name and that of Wagner's top commander, Dmitry Etkin, among the seven passengers and three crew members. And Grey Zone, a telegram account associated with the Wagner Group, said that Mr. Prigazin had been killed. But there was no official confirmation of his death from Wagner or the Russian authorities. Russia's aviation authority offered no comment on the reason for the crash and said that it had created a special commission to investigate the circumstances and causes of the accident. Russia's emergency services said the remains of all ten people on board the plane had been recovered. American officials said they could not confirm that Mr. Prigazin had been killed in the plane crash or why the jet went down. Here are other developments. Embraer, the Brazilian maker of the legacy 600 business jet that crashed on Wednesday, said that it had stopped providing any support for the aircraft in 2019 because of sanctions. Typically that support is largely related to maintenance. Mr. Prigazin, a catering entrepreneur who built the private Wagner paramilitary force that has fought on Russia's behalf in Ukraine and in parts of Africa, instigated a rebellion with his forces in June after railing for months against Russia's military leaders for their handling of the war in Ukraine. The Kremlin began what many analysts considered a low-key crackdown in response to the mutiny. But many observers speculated that Mr. Prigazin's betrayal was tantamount to a death sentence. Russia said Ukraine launched more drones into its territory overnight, all three of which it said it shot down. Two were intercepted over the Bryansk region, which shares a border with Ukraine, and one over the Kaluga region, which is closer to Moscow, Russia's defense ministry said. In recent days, drones have reached Moscow and disrupted air traffic around the capital. A senior Western intelligence official said that Prigazin was on board the plane that crashed. The official, speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss confidential intelligence assessments, said the judgment was based on many indicators that his government had evaluated. U.S. officials have not confirmed that Prigazin was on the plane. 
The pretrial detention of Evan Gershkovich, an American reporter for The Wall Street Journal who has been held in Russia since March, has been extended by three months, a Moscow court said on Thursday. Mr. Gershkovich has been detained in Moscow's Lefortovo prison on espionage charges that he, the U.S. government and the journal have vehemently denied. The United States has said he is wrongfully detained. In secret and short proceedings on Thursday that were close to the news media, a Moscow court ruled that Mr. Gershkovich's pretrial detention, which had previously been extended to August 30th, would now stretch until at least November 30th. The arrest of Mr. Gershkovich was the first time since the end of the Cold War that an American journalist had been detained on accusations of spying in Russia. He could face a sentence of up to 20 years in a penal colony. At the time he was detained by the Federal Security Service, or FSB, Mr. Gershkovich was on a reporting trip in Ekaterinburg and had accreditation from Russia's foreign ministry. In a statement released after the hearing, the journal said it was deeply disappointed that Mr. Gershkovich continues to be arbitrarily and wrongfully detained for doing his job as a journalist and called the accusations baseless and categorically false. The statement added that journalism is not a crime. This month, Lynn M. Tracy, the U.S. ambassador to Russia, visited Mr. Gershkovich for the third time. The State Department reported afterward that Mr. Gershkovich continued to appear in good health and remained strong, despite his circumstances. American officials have said that they have been blocked from having regular consular access to Mr. Gershkovich. In April, Secretary of State Antony J. Blinken said that Mr. Gershkovich had been wrongfully detained, a designation that essentially means that the U.S. government considers him a political hostage. Other Americans detained in Russia who have received this designation include the basketball star Brittany Griner, who was released in December 2022 in a prisoner exchange after being held for 10 months on accusations of drug smuggling and possession, and Paul Whelan, a former Marine and corporate executive who is serving a 16-year sentence on espionage charges that the United States calls politically motivated. The Kremlin has acknowledged that Russia could be open to a prisoner swap for Mr. Gershkovich. A Moscow court extended the detention of Evan Gershkovich, an American journalist, for three months during a quick hearing on Thursday morning, according to the Lefortovo court in Moscow. The U.S. State Department has classified Gershkovich, a reporter for The Wall Street Journal, as wrongfully detained. The court proceedings took place in secret, with no members of the news media allowed to be present during the hearing. Ukraine is observing its second wartime Independence Day by displaying the carcasses of destroyed Russian military equipment along a central avenue in Kiev, giving residents a first-hand glimpse at the country's struggle to defend itself from Russia's invasion. There will be no parades or other major events. The authorities have announced that the national holiday on Thursday, which also comes 18 months after the full-scale invasion of Ukraine, began, won't include public celebrations amid concerns that Russia could launch huge strikes to spoil the occasion. I urge all Kyiv residents and guests of the capital to be as attentive and cautious as possible these days and not to neglect the air raid warnings, Butali Klitschko, the mayor of Kyiv, the capital, said on Monday, https colon slash slash t.me slash Vitaly underscore Klitschko slash 2272. Independence Day in Ukraine commemorates the country's 1991 break from the Soviet Union, but also increasingly serves as a rallying point for Ukrainians to assert their identity and aspirations. 
People are honoring 1991 not so much for what happened then as for what it represents today, said Roman Sporlek, a professor emeritus of Ukrainian history at Harvard. It stands for Independence, Democracy, Europe, the West. Last year, as mass gatherings were also banned, Ukrainians similarly took the opportunity to show defiance against Moscow, with President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine delivering his speech in front of another lineup of destroyed tanks in Kyiv. The holiday symbolizes liberation after a long history of what many in Ukraine consider subjugation to Moscow. Ukraine declared independence on August 24, 1991, a few days after communist hardliners tried to depose the Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev and reverse his efforts to liberalize the Soviet Union. Although the coup failed, it raised fears in Soviet republics such as Ukraine that were gradually getting out from under Moscow's yoke. An overwhelming majority of members of the Ukrainian parliament adopted a declaration of independence, noting the mortal danger hanging over Ukraine in connection with the coup d'état. Outside parliament, jubilant crowds celebrated the declaration, waving Ukraine's blue and yellow flag and flashing three-finger signs standing for the fork, the emblem of the country. Independence was then approved by more than 90% of Ukrainian voters in a referendum organized in December 1991. Ukraine had already proclaimed independence from the Russian Empire in 1918, in the chaos of the Russian Revolution. But the new Ukrainian Republic lasted only a few years, until 1921, when the Lenin-led Bolsheviks took control over much of its territory. The 1991 Declaration of Independence helped spell the end of the Soviet Union and opened a new era for Ukraine as it tried to chart its own course after centuries of domination by foreign powers. Celebrations of Independence Day have often featured military parades and festive crowds wearing vishivenkas, the traditional Ukrainian embroidered shirts. But Mr. Sporlak, the historian, said that Ukrainians see Independence Day not so much as a day of remembrance as one to reassert their commitment to democracy and sovereignty. People have projected their values and aspirations on that memory, Mr. Sporlak said. Pointing to the citizens' uprisings of 2004 and 2014, in which hundreds of thousands of people protested to call for free elections and a rapprochement with Europe, he said that Ukrainians had never treated independence as a given. On Wednesday, Mr. Zelensky took part in a ceremony on the occasion of the Day of the National Flag, which precedes Independence Day. Speaking near a giant Ukrainian flag covered with words of soldiers from the front, he said that the time will come when our entire free and peaceful Ukraine will be able to see this special flag. Russia said Ukraine launched more drones into its territory overnight, all three of which it said it shot down. Two were intercepted over the Bryansk region, which shares a border with Ukraine, and one over the Kaluga region, which is closer to Moscow, Russia's defense ministry said, https colon slash slash t.me slash mod underscore Russia slash 29732. Among the plans for the five-nation BRICS summit in Johannesburg this week were discussions on whether to expand the group and how to counterbalance Western countries. But as the meeting was drawing to a close on Thursday, Russia's invasion of Ukraine was likely to continue to take the spotlight. On Thursday, Russia will most likely face questions over a plane crash on Wednesday near Moscow and the possible death of Yevgeny V. Prigazin, the founder of the Wagner mercenary group who staged a short-lived mutiny against Russia's military leadership in June. 
Even before the crash, a focus on Ukraine was on full display when President Vladimir V. Putin of Russia said in a speech delivered via video Wednesday that Western countries were to blame for the conflict in Ukraine, which Russia invaded unprovoked 18 months ago. Our actions in Ukraine are guided by only one thing, to put an end to the war that was unleashed by the West, Mr. Putin said, according to an English translation of the video of his address provided by the South African Broadcasting Corporation. Mr. Putin's address to the leaders of Brazil, India, China and South Africa was delivered by video because he is wanted for war crimes by the International Criminal Corps and could face arrest outside Russia. South Africa, which is a party to the treaty that created the court and would have been obliged to arrest him if he had traveled there, had asked him to stay away. Participants at the BRICS summit have considered who could join the group, including countries such as Saudi Arabia, Indonesia, Egypt and Argentina. Mr. Putin, for his part, has used the meeting as an opportunity to rally support. Most BRICS nations have continued their careful support for Russia and peace in Ukraine without directly supporting Russia in the war. It wasn't clear how Wednesday's plane crash might play out on the summit's diplomatic stage. Emperor, the Brazilian maker of the legacy 600 business jet that crashed on Wednesday, said that it had stopped providing any support for the aircraft in 2019 because of sanctions. Typically that support is largely maintenance-related. It can potentially include data monitoring, but it's unclear if that was the case with this jet. As reports of the Wagner mercenary tycoon Yevgeny V. Prigazin's possible death in a plane crash spread on Wednesday night, some of his supporters immediately began voicing suspicions of an assassination in online posts on the Telegram messaging app. Most did not explicitly say who they thought was responsible, but left little doubt that they meant figures within the Russian government. Mr. Prigazin had railed for months against the country's military leadership, accusing it of incompetence, corruption and betrayal that hobbled the war effort in Ukraine. Greyzone, a channel associated with Wagner, uploaded a photograph of Mr. Prigazin, praising him as a true patriot of his motherland and saying that he died as a result of the actions of traitors to Russia. But even in hell, he will be the best. The channel said. Glory to Russia! Roman Saponkov, a Russian military blogger seen as close to the mercenary group, wrote that the murder of Prigazin will have catastrophic consequences. The people who gave the order don't understand the mood in the army or the morale at all. He said. A blogger writing anonymously under the pseudonym Alex Parker, who actively supported Mr. Prigazin until he aborted a June 24 mutiny, suggested the tycoon's apparent death was a repeat of what happened in 2015 and 2016, when a number of militants who had carried out a Moscow-instigated invasion in eastern Ukraine were killed in apparent assassinations. HTTPS colon slash slash www.kievpost.com slash post slash 7649 the blogger blamed Mr. Prigazin's apparent death on Russian President Vladimir V. Putin, calling him the trigger for such events. Today is the end of an era, wrote the pro-war blogger Boris Rosin, who posts under the Telegram pseudonym Colonel Kassid. August in Russia never fails in terms of bad news, he added, referencing a long-standing superstition in Russia about a seemingly cursed month. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2002 slash 08 slash 25 slash weekend review slash the dash world dash august dash and dash augury dash again dash a dash tough dash month dash and dash russia.html.
some pro-government commentators were quick to turn the page. Sergei Markov, a Russian political scientist and former advisor to Mr. Putin, quickly pinned the blame on Ukraine, eliciting more than a thousand crying laughing emojis in response. The pro-Russian military blog Archangel Spetsnaz, which has more than 900,000 followers on Telegram, said it was closing the issue of the plane crash. Leave all conjectures and investigations for later. When the enemy is defeated and victory will be ours, the channel wrote. Don't muddy the waters now. The enemy takes advantage of every destabilizing situation. The flight manifest for the plane that crashed north of Moscow on Wednesday night contained at least one other notable name in addition to Yevgeny V. Prigazin, that of Dmitry Etkin, his longtime lieutenant in leading the Wagner private military company whose mercenaries have fought not only in Ukraine but also in Syria and across Africa. Wagner, which the U.S. government has said was financed by Mr. Prigazin, emerged during President Vladimir V. Putin's first assault on Ukraine in 2014 when its mercenaries fought alongside pro-Russian separatists in the Donbass region. The Wagner commander at that time was Mr. Utkin, a retired Russian special forces officer said to be fascinated by Nazi history and culture. The group's name came from Mr. Atkins' military call sign, which is said to have been taken from the composer Richard Wagner, Hitler's favorite. Some of the group's fighters also seem to share that ideology, ancient Norse symbols favored by white supremacists have been photographed on Wagner equipment in Africa and the Middle East. Mr. Utkin, born in 1970, served in both of Russia's wars against separatists in the Chechnya region, and he was in the GRU, the Russian Military Intelligence Agency, until 2013. After that he commanded a Spetsnaz Special Forces unit and attained the rank of Lieutenant Colonel, according to a 2020 report from the Center for Strategic and International Studies. HTTPS colon slash slash www.csis.org slash blog slash post dash Soviet dash post slash band dash brothers dash Wagner dash group dash and dash Russian dash state. While over the years Mr. Utkin has been referred to as the founder of Wagner, a 2020 investigation by the investigative website Bellingcat said that open source data strongly suggested that Mr. Utkin was not in the driver's seat of setting up this private army but rather a hired gun. While Dmitry Utkin has been widely presented as the frontman and principal for the Wagner PMC, there is ample data suggesting that his role was more of a field commander, the report said. HTTPS colon slash slash www.bellingcat.com slash news slash UK dash and dash Europe slash 2020 slash 08 slash 14 slash PMC dash structure dash exposed. After denying for years that he had any link to Wagner, Mr. Prigazin admitted last year that he was its founder and chief. Whatever his role in establishing Wagner, Mr. Utkin's notoriety grew along with the military groups, even though he was rarely seen, described by Bellingcat as camera shy. Wagner expanded to Syria in 2015, tasked not only with bolstering the side of President Bashar al-Assad in the country's civil war, but also with seizing oil and gas fields, American officials said. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2018 slash 05 slash 24 slash world slash Middle East slash American dash commandos dash Russian dash mercenaries dash Syria dot HTML. In addition to Ukraine and Syria, Wagner operatives have also fought in Sudan, Central African Republic, Mali and Mozambique, extending Russian influence in Africa. 
Mr. Putin awarded Mr. Utkin military honors at a banquet in 2016. A year later, the United States imposed sanctions on him for his activities with Wagner, specifically recruiting soldiers to join separatist forces in Ukraine. Britain, the European Union and Canada also imposed sanctions on Mr. Utkin and Mr. Prigazin. After Russia began the full-scale invasion of Ukraine in February 2022, Wagner's fighters took on a major role, most notably in the bloody, nearly year-long battle for Bakhmut, where they ultimately claimed victory. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 05 slash 21 slash world slash Europe slash Russia dash Bakhmut dash battle dash Ukraine dot HTML. Even after the short-lived mutiny led by Mr. Prigazin against Russia's military leadership in June, Mr. Utkins stayed by the Wagner chief's side. Video emerged in July that appeared to feature Mr. Prigazin delivering a speech to his fighters who had relocated to Belarus. After finishing, he turned the floor over to Mr. Utkin. This is not the end, Mr. Utkin said. Conspiracy theories and misinformation flowed across the internet on Wednesday about the founder of the Wagner mercenary group, Yevgeny V. Prigazin, after he was listed as a passenger on a plane that crashed outside Moscow earlier in the day. People made claims that Mr. Prigazin had staged the crash to fake his own death on the same QAnon message boards in which others said that the U.S. was secretly responsible for his death. On far-right Telegram channels, users posted images of a map showing a second plane leaving Moscow shortly after the first, doomed flight, along with the claims that Mr. Prigazin was on a second plane also owned by his company. The New York Times was not able to verify any of the claims. The unclear circumstances surrounding the crash created exactly the type of confusion in which misinformation can easily spread, an irony given that Mr. Prigazin was a pioneer in the field of establishing and sowing misinformation campaigns. Although Russian officials said Mr. Prigazin was listed on the plane's manifest on Wednesday and that all 10 people on the flight were killed, officials have not said publicly that his remains had been identified. More than a decade ago, Mr. Prigazin created Russian troll farms, including the Internet Research Agency, to spread pro-Russian narratives. The troll farms were also part of a campaign to sow confusion in the United States and influence its elections, which he later boasted about, and in particular the 2016 presidential contest. Those efforts led to a federal indictment of Mr. Prigazin and others. Yevgeny V. Prigazin led the Wagner mercenary force that is believed to have suffered tens of thousands of casualties in its victorious fight for the Ukrainian city of Bakhmut, hobbling Ukraine's preparations for its counteroffensive. HTTPS colon slash slash www.newyorktimes.com slash 2023 slash 08 slash 22 slash US slash politics slash Ukraine dash counteroffensive dash Russia dash war HTML. General Sergei Surovikin oversaw the construction of the daunting network of defensive lines in the territory that Russia occupies in Ukraine, a defense that Ukrainian troops have struggled to break through. On Wednesday, Russian state media reported that the general had been demoted and that the mercenary was listed as a passenger on a plane that crashed, killing everyone on board. Wednesday's fast-moving developments in Russia suggested that the end had come, in different ways, for two men who had proved pivotal over the past year to Russia's war effort. 
If Mr. Prigazin is confirmed to have been killed and General Sirovikin remains sidelined from the invasion, questions are sure to be raised over whether President Vladimir V. Putin can sustain his fight without two of his most effective and most brutal military leaders. The war itself has been a grinding slog for both sides. Nearly three months into their counteroffensive, Ukrainian forces are still struggling to recapture territory occupied by Russia. American officials blame, among other things, Kyiv's continued focus on Bakhmut, the city into which Mr. Prigazin poured thousands of fighters recruited from Russian prisons for one of the bloodiest battles of the war. Russian forces, too, have made little gains since taking Bakhmut. Analysts say that those troops are increasingly exhausted as they defend against Ukraine's onslaught and that Mr. Putin might well be forced to declare another draft of civilians to replenish the invading army's ranks.